0: So, if you had your Bibles with you this morning, we'll be opening. <coughs> excuse me, I'm still got a little cough. Uh, we'll be opening up to the book of Job and chapter number one. Job chapter number one. You know, Job is is a rather large book that really tells just one very big story. The book of Job chapter number one. So, we've got a few things here. We're going to read, and then we'll ask the Lord's help on it. Job chapter one. The Bible says this. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. He had ten children. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and very great households so that this man was great of all the men of the east. And his sons went out and feasted in their house, everyone on his day, or excuse me, everyone his day, and sent and called for three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their fasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now we kind of shift gears. In verse number 6, We takes our eyes off of Job and we see something that happens in heaven. Verse number 6 of chapter 1. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in all the earth a perfect and an upright man one that fears God and of evil then satan answered the lord and said doth job fear god for naught is it for for no reason is it for these false things in verse number 10 hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side Hast thou blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land? But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon him put not forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sibians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only escaped along to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and thy servants and consumed them. And I only escaped along to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out the bands and fell upon the camels. And have carried them away. Yet and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking. There came also another and said. Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine. In their eldest brother's house. And behold there came a great wind from the wilderness. And smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men. And they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground, and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take this account here in your word about this life of Job. And God, we realize that all of us, we face hard times. We face trials. Things happen in our life. And God, I do ask that you would help us to take these times of hardship and learn from them and help us to learn from the life of Job when those times come. Father, we love you and thank you. And it's in your name we ask it. Amen. Folks, I want to look at this thing here going on in Job's life. You know, Job is a very interesting story in a way that he was a man that lost probably more than any of us have ever lost. See, here's the picture. In this day, you would have a man that had a, a, a lot of things in the sense of uh, his wealth. You could look, I mean, you could see it. This guy, he had houses, he had lands, he had uh, he had sheep, he had camels, and he had all this, his herd, this was his livelihood. Guys, the Bible had blessed him. Excuse me, God had blessed him. God had given him much more than any of really had. He had... Servants. He had people that was doing his work for him. His life was set. I mean, he was a guy that could just sit and praise and thank God for all the things that he had given him. And, you know, we can learn a lot from what happened after that. Because the Bible tells us that Satan himself went before God. And Satan said, God, I've seen Job down there. The only reason that he serves you, the only reason that he uh, he continues to worship you is because of how good you've been to him. You take away everything he's got and you watch. He'll curse you in your face. And you know, God had a thought of Job. And this is an interesting thought. A preacher, I heard him say this once. The Bible says that God himself looked at Job and said, Job's an upright man. Job fears God. Job puts away evil from his life. And I heard this one man say, and I wrote this in the margin of my Bible. He said, I wonder what God thinks about me. Because, you know, that goes to show us that God has thoughts of us. I mean, he does. He knows us. God looked down at Job, and God had an opinion of Job. So this is something that you know we ought to consider. I wonder what God himself, I wonder what his opinion is of me. But in any case, God looked at Satan and said, Satan, let's go ahead and do this. I, I, I'll remove my hand of blessing. I'll remove the way that I have blessed him, and you can take away his stuff. Only... Take not his life, and we'll see what happens. And then, folks, in this moment, we actually see, once God's hand of protection is removed, we see just how powerful Satan really is, because this is an amazing thought. Job was just going about his day, and then all at once, I'm talking within a matter of minutes, he lost everything. He lost it all. The Bible says that he had one certain came up in verse number 14. A messenger came unto Job. He says, look, all your oxen, they're gone. <coughs> all, your, all your men that were keeping them, all, all the guys that were your, uh, your shepherds and your herdsmen, they were keeping them. And boy, when they stole the oxen, they killed all the servants. I am the only one that's left. Notice, number, uh, notice verse number 16. While he was yet speaking, there came also another. Guys, while the first servant was telling him all his oxen were gone, another servant showed up. He said, hey, all your camels, they're gone. And they, all the servants, they killed them. I'm the only one that's left to come and tell you about it. The Bible also tells us again in verse number 18, while he was yet speaking, there came also another. Folks, one was talking, then there came another. He was talking, then came the third. And folks, the third one probably gave him the worst news of all. The third man looks at him while he was speaking. He said, your sons and your daughters were all gathering together over in your son's house. And a whirlwind came and it knocked the house down and they all died. Folks, all at once. I'm talking literally minutes. His land, his cattle, his servants, and his family were dead at the drop of a hat. Folks, that's, that's power. Well, we can never, we shouldn't think that Satan is, is just this foe that lays down and He's a He's very powerful. Now, I'll tell you this. The God living within me is more powerful than he is. But Jesus Christ will always be more powerful than Satan. He just is. But that's not to say that that Satan still isn't capable. Anyways, we said this, that he was there and and he lost all his things. And, And for the sake of the story, I want us to understand this as well. For a long time, when I read this passage, I didn't understand how Satan was allowed to take Job's children. I didn't understand that. I used to question and say, God, I, I understand that, that you kept Job safe. But why is it that his children who had, who had moved out, they, had, they, they were making their own, their own decisions. How is it that, that they were still lumped into this? Folks, there's something I want to show you about Job. And this is something here that I had missed. Look at verse number five. I want to show you what Job was doing daily. Verse number five, chapter one. Verse number five, chapter one. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned, and the curse and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Folks, I want to tell you the situation of what's going on. Job knew in his heart that his sons and his daughters had already walked away from the Lord. And what was keeping his sons and his daughters already protected was the blessings of Job. Because Job was still a righteous man. Because Job was still offering sacrifices on behalf of his children. Because he did this continually. He loved his children. He prayed for his children. But at the end of the day his children also had already cursed God in their hearts. They had kind of already made their decisions as well. Folks, we always talk and we always want to believe and understand that every person has a choice to make for themselves. They do. But in this instance, when the blessings of God was removed from Job, that also removed the, his hand of protection on those children as well. And then they, the choice that they had made, uh, it just kind of followed suit. So it wasn't that, uh, that they are at hand of protection. They were just people, and they were, uh, they were wanting to honor God, and God just turned them over to Satan. That wasn't what happened. Folks, Job's children had already made their decision as well. We see that there in verse number 5. So here, Job, he had lost everything. He had lost it all. And then we find in verse number 20. I want to show you what Job's reaction is in verse number 20. Here within a matter of minutes, his family died, his cattle had died, his servants had died, he had lost it all. And then the Bible says that Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. He worshipped God. In the darkest, most depressing, and most awful time in his life, he fell down and worshipped God. Then verse number 21, and he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Folks, here's what I want us to see out of God's word this evening. I want us to take a look at Job's life, and I want us to learn how we can handle the hard times. How do we handle the hard times? Folks, can I tell you something? If you're here this morning and you've got skin and you've got a heartbeat, you're going to have hard times. That's part of life. Difficult things come, and difficult things are going to go. Are we ever going to find ourselves in the situation that Job found himself in? Yeah, The odds would say probably not. And so I think still we can learn from this because even as hard of a time as he had, we can look at that and say, boy, I never went through the difficult times that he did, but man, he still had some things right. And there's some things that we need to learn out of the life of Job here as well. So what are our answers to facing our hard times? Folks, I've had family members that have that have lost sons and daughters. I know people that have had, you know, that they've lost their jobs. They've lost, uh, they've had deaths in their family. And if we let it, those hard times can consume us. They can take control of our lives and they can put us down in the pit of despair and they can they can cause people to question God. They can cause people to curse God. I mean, there's a section here where the Bible, if you look at verse number nine of chapter two, Job's wife said unto him, dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Folks, well, Job's wife was even telling Job, you just need to go ahead and curse God. I mean, that's a position you find yourself in. There are a lot of people, they don't know how to handle the hard times. They'll they'll question God. And furthermore, man, they'll blame God. God, why didn't you protect my son? God, why didn't you protect my daughter? God, why didn't you uh, keep this tragedy from happening? You know, if there's really a God and he loves us, then why is there so much wickedness in this world? Why does all that happen? Why do hard times still come? Well, folks, what we understand is, is that we still live in a sin-cursed world. There is still sin. Satan is still here. He's not been defeated yet. There is still sin that indwells in our hearts even. I mean, sure, I'm saved. I'm, I'm born again. But, hey, I still have this flesh and bone that still is drawn to sin. That's going to happen. And with that in mind, that can put us to some very dark places. And I need to learn from Job how I can handle the hard times. First, the first thing we want to see is this. We need to learn and understand where the hard times come from. Where do the hard times come from? Because where our trials come from, they can affect how I face those hard times, right? I want to tell you this. H- have you ever done something really dumb and there's nobody to blame but yourself? You know, I'll go ahead and put b- both hands up. I used to have, actually I still have this pickup, but I don't, I don't drive it anymore. I've got this uh, this old Silverado. It's got like, like 285,000 on it, and no kidding, the gas gauge quit working on it. Probably around, I think probably around 100 150 going on 200. Yeah, you know, just you know, the gas gauge just didn't work anymore. So I figured that I can reset the trip every you know every 300 miles, and I, and I would be fine. Eventually, I saved up some money and, and I replaced the thing. I had to drop the gas tank on it and put a whole new filter. in you know, I mean, it was. It was, a, it was a pretty major job. <laughs> I still remember me and my cousin laying on our back with a gas tank on our chest trying to <laughs> take this thing down. So we put the new, the new filter in it and, or the new uh, gas pump. And no kidding, like 12 months and a week, the thing went out again. So I went back to Adamant's auto parts. I said, hey, quit working. They said, yeah, your warranty ran out like a couple weeks ago. I was like, you're kidding me. I said, I'm not, I'm not replacing the thing again. Anyhow, I said, I'll have to say this. I remember then there was a time when my wife and I, we were driving in this pickup and and I guess maybe I didn't, I didn't reset the gas gauge or I didn't top it off all the way. And I thought I had, and boy, we ran out of gas. I mean, right there on the side of the road. I I didn't know that it still needed gas. And we just, we just ran out and you know what? There was no one to blame, but my own fault for making sure there wasn't gas in it. And so a situation like that, I had no one to blame, but, but me. I mean, you know, you're a dummy. you know, everyone likes to think that, you know, things, things that happen for a reason. Well, yeah, that reason was I was a dummy, you know. So, so we have to understand there's, there's not always someone that we can point our fingers at and blame for this, this and this. Folks, Job was a good man. You know, he didn't he didn't bring these things on himself. And in this situation, he's trying to figure out, well, you know, am, am I being tested of the Lord? Am I being am I being punished? And we'll actually get to that in a minute, was not he? Folks, we have to look at the specific trial we're in and we have to ask ourselves, why am I here? You know, what, what's going on? What's the purpose? In Job's case, God had allowed Satan to do these things to him. Folks, sometimes things happen in our lives for no other reason than that we live in a sin cursed world. We don't have to look too far across the news channels and and, you know, the, the shootings and the murders and, and the wickedness that happens in this world. Sometimes bad things happen because this world is full of sin. You know, we wonder, how is it that a person can murder a family member? Because of sin. You know, how is it that uh, you can have some terrorist group kill hundreds of people all at once? We see genocide. We see these wars that are for no reason. How? Because of sin. And folks, the only answer to sin is the truth of God's word. The only way that we can combat sin in our lives is through the truth of God's word. And when these things happen, I need to understand it's not that God made them happen. It's that God is here to help me through those times when they happen. I mean, even throughout the Bible, you look at some of the godly people that, that they did some wicked things. You know, we, we see guys like, Lot, we've talked about him. The Bible says that he had a righteous soul. Uh, You look at some of the wars that were able to go on with with the Israelites, and some of the times they turned their backs on God. Folks, sin happens, and that puts us into some difficult places. We cannot blame God when bad things happen. So we have to understand, first off, who is the enemy? Sin. Satan, And sometimes it's myself. Sometimes I run out of gas just because I didn't put fuel in the tank. Sometimes I run myself into a ditch and I have to dig myself out of it. So the Lord is there to help us with those things. So understanding where it all comes from can affect the way we take it on. And you know, there's another thing that we can learn. Do you sometimes, when we're tested of God, we can also be thankful for it? And I know that's hard to understand, but there have been people I know that have faced some very, very difficult things I mean, physical pain-type things. And they're thankful to God for it because God was able to use that in their lives. There's this one man. He's Maybe some of you have heard of him. He has a ministry he calls Treasured Trials. His name is Kirby Campbell. And this guy, he went through what was supposed to be just kind of a, a, uh, or what should have been, I guess, a normal operation. It was on his back, and they were doing some, some, some pretty extensive work on his back. In any case, the doctor they ended up messing up a nerve in his back that they should have never touched and once they healed him up and he woke up from his surgery he was in intense excruciating pain there was no medicine they could give him to make the pain go away and when you see this man even though he was healed i have seen him sitting in a church pew and he is there listening to the preaching and you could just see on his face and he is just he is rocking back and forth is trying to Survive with the pain. They say that most people that go through that end up committing suicide because they they just can't deal with the pain. They mentally can't do it. What he did is he was able to take that and realize all around him there are other people that face trials just like this, and maybe God can take this and use something of it. And he was able to start this and now be a blessing to other people. Hey, sometimes God is able to use us and to take these hard things and draw us closer to Him. He would attest today that God drew him closer to him because of his physical pain. Guys, Paul, the Bible tells us that Paul had a thorn in his flesh. He asked God to take it away, and God said, no, you've got to live with it. And the Bible says that because of that, he had to lean on the Lord. He had to ask the Lord for his help. Guys, sometimes when we face a trial, you know, maybe God will take something away. Something that we think is a good thing. Something that's been our crutch. And maybe I've been leaning on this thing here instead of leaning on the Lord. And then when that thing gets jerked out from under me, I'm thinking, whoa, what just happened? And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe the Lord would rather me just have me leaning on Him. And that's a trial that I can face. And at the end of it, maybe I can be thankful for it. Now, we don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you this. There have been two times specifically in my life, and without going into details, that that at the beginning, they have hurt me bad that I'm thinking, I felt like my life is over. Lord, what are you doing? Then three four years down the road, I'll turn around and I'll look, and I'll say, Lord, thank you. I didn't know where you were trying to bring me, but because you put me through this, I come out over here. God, thank you. And I didn't get it at the time, but sometimes these trials, we can be thankful for them, and the Lord can work through them and use them. And if it's something that comes from Satan, it's something that comes from sin, we need to learn to lean on God as well. We can ask Him to help us and ask Him uh, to lead us and guide us through those things. So folks, step number one, if you are facing a difficult time in your life, one, ask God where it's coming from. You know, Let's not immediately just turn to guns on someone. Let's figure out where it's coming from. Step number two, how do you handle hard times? Well, if we're going to learn like Job, we need to keep our eyes focused on God. When the storm comes... Keep your eyes focused on God. Yeah, you know, one of the things that if you're, you know, if you're ever driving in the snow, and this is kind of, uh, I mean, you guys have done this. If it's snowing or if it starts coming down a real bad rainstorm, sometimes there's only a few things that you can focus on on the road. Uh, you know, if it's if it's pretty dusty and you can't see the lines, sometimes you'll see the posts, the poles in the side of the road, right? Or if you're 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 in a line of people and there's someone in front of you and the lines are getting blurry. Then you can start to see the brake lights of the person in front of you. You know, their lights are turned on. Hey, I know the road's right near. I can see this car, this car, this car. You see what's in front of you. Guys, sometimes storms can come, and then I might not see the road in front of me. There might be a lot of hazards coming. I don't know what's happening. I I don't know where the road went. I don't know where the sky went. I can't even see the trees. I can't see a house. I can't see anything. But if I look in front of me, I might be able to see a light. It's kind of the idea of the lighthouse. That's literally what that thing's for, isn't it? You know, if you've got a boat, it's out there and it's floating around in the water, and then you see the lighthouse, you've got to stay away from it. Guys, you know, that's kind of what what God's supposed to be to us. God's word is like that to us. When I don't know where to look, when I don't know where to turn, the last thing that I need to do is to turn my eyes away from the light. I do not need to turn my ways away, my eyes away from what from what God's trying to show me. he's trying to light up the path in the storm. I can't turn my eyes away. Look what Job did in verse number 20. He just got the worst news in his life, and the first thing he did, Job arose and rent his mantle. He shaved his head, which is kind of a sign of mourning for his children, and he fell down upon the ground and worshiped. He worshiped. Folks, that was Job's knee-jerk reaction. We need to have that be our first reaction as well. Listen, folks, if we, have, if we have some kind of financial struggle or if we have something going on at home, we have something going on at the job or we have a family member that's sick or we have something that is out of our control, our first reaction shouldn't be turning my eyes away from the light and, and trying to fix all these problems myself. No, my first reaction ought to be to get on my knees before God, look at the light in front of me and ask him to help me through it. Because he's the one that can see. He's the one that, that knows the answer. He's the one that's going to guide me through it. Folks, Job knew that. So the Bible tells us that it's amazing. Verse number 22. In all this, Job sinned not. In all this, Job sinned not. I want to tell you guys, because I've been there. I've done this. When a storm comes in your life, that will be the easiest time to lose your way. That'll be the easiest time to lose your weight. You guys have probably seen it. Have you ever seen somebody that, man, just, just something major happens, and then all of a sudden they start getting confused, and they're scrambling around trying to find for the answer? I want to tell you, there was one time that I was working at a job that, that God didn't want me there to begin with. He wanted me doing something for him instead. And so he took me away from that job. And I honestly believe it was of the Lord that, that you, know, you know, without a lot of details, I ended up I lost the job, and here I had just gotten married. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, my wife's not working and I just got fired and now that you, 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 we only have a, a little bit of money saved up, what am I going to do? So I did the thing that I thought a good husband should do. I went to my printer and I got a stack of resumes about this tall and I just, you know, I, was, <laughs> I hit the bricks. Here, here, somebody please hire me, right? And then it's funny. I I didn't get a job at all. You know, I, I couldn't find work. And finally, somebody that was uh, that I knew that was a good friend of mine, he ended up letting me come roof for him, and I ended up doing that for a while. Uh, and that was actually of, of the Lord. But and I, and I say all that to say this. When bad things happen, just like I had done right there, I did the first thing, the first knee re- jerk reaction that I had was to just go and do the best that I possibly can. I never actually stopped to think, Lord, what are you trying to do here? You know, where are you where are you trying to move me? And I'll tell you this, I am actually here right now, this minute, because I got fired from that job there. And I couldn't, you know, that's a long story, but it's the truth. God did that. And I look back and I can today say, God, thank you for that. God, thank you. So we need to remember that when those times come, don't lose your way and fall into sin. Don't blame God for the things that happen. It actually says that. Verse number 22, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. God, why did you do this to me? Then why, why did you put me here? God, why did you kill my ten children? God, why did you take away my servants? My servants are dead. God, all my livestock, my cattle, they're all dead. God, why did you do that? Hey, if anybody would have had a right to ask that question, Job would have. But the Bible says that instead, he got down on his knees and said, You know what? God's still good. God gave it to me. God can take it away from me. Praise be to God of heaven. And that's what he said. Man, he was praising the Lord, so he did not sin. Guys, when we need to keep our focus on God even through those times. We need to remember the things that we have been taught. You know, it's um, one of the things that a lot of guys in the military, they'll say is that whenever you're in a stressful situation, you'll always sink to your lowest level of training. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of a, a typical response. You'll always sink to your lowest level of training. Guys, are we digging in to God's word so that when when a stressful time comes, how far down is our training going to take us? At what point does our, does our training kick in? Have we dug into God's word so that we'll know how to handle these things? Guys, keep our eyes on the Lord. Remember what we've been taught. I'll give you another quick thought with this. Long time ago, I had a man tell me, never doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. Never doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. You know, I thought that was really good because sometimes when things are good, man, I'm up on the mountaintop and God's showing me some good stuff and I can see my way. Things are going clearly. Man, God's speaking to me. And then I get down to the valley. Then a storm hits. Things get foggy. And I can't see anymore. What I need to do is to remember what God has showed me even when I can't see Clearly. Remember what's in front of me. And if there is that little little glimmer of light, man, keep your eyes on it. So that was number two. Folks, let's look at a couple more things. Know where the hard times come from. Hey, don't just immediately blame God. Figure out what they're there for. And then ultimately, don't sin. Don't blame God. Keep your eyes focused on God. Don't take your eyes away. Keep focused on God. And folks, I want to show you something else. There's something we haven't looked at yet. But if you would with me, flip over to chapter number 5. Look at chapter number (laughs) 5. Folks, shortly after Job had lost everything, the Bible tells us some of his friends showed up. And when his friends showed up, his friends said, Hey, Job, we've got the answer for you, man. We know why all this happened. And they started to give some advice. Look at chapter 5, verse number 17. This is Job's friend speaking here, okay? This is Job's friend talking to Job. Behold, he said, Job, look, behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Job, God's correcting you. Job, God is punishing you. Hey, Job, look, it's, this is the, God's way of, of bringing you back on track, man. And actually if you start reading this Job and some of his friends they go on in conversation for about 20 chapters. There's a lot of talk that goes on here. But they are trying to convince Job that he somewhere has done something wrong and that God is trying to punish him. Now, can I say this? Verse number 17 what he is saying is true but it doesn't apply. What he is saying is true but it doesn't apply. Let me show you. He says, look, happy is the man whom God corrected. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Listen, if I have got something wrong in my life and I need God to fix it, I want God to fix it. Okay, I want to be right with the Lord. That's true. But the Bible tells us Job wasn't, he didn't have any sin that needed to be fixed. The Bible tells us that God looked at Job and said, hey, Job is an upright man. Job fears God, Job loves God, and now all of a sudden his friend is showing up trying to tell him that he has done something wrong and that he needs to, you know, not buck against God's correction. Okay, that's true, but it doesn't apply. Folks, here's what I want us to see out of this. When we have storms and when they're going to happen, when the hard times hit, there's a lot of places and a lot of people that are going to try to give you advice, Hey man, I, I know I know how you can fix this problem. You need to do this, this, and this. Man, I know what your problem is. Your problem is well, you you you've just done this and you've dug yourself into this hole. You now there'll be people some offer some advice, and furthermore, sometimes the advice might actually be good advice. But the danger is this, folks: we have to test everything we hear against God's word. If my friend comes to me and he sees the hard time that I'm having, and my friend, he says, hey, Trevor, listen, I I know what's going on, man. You need need to get this fixed because of this, this, and this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, okay, Lord, is that true? Lord, show me. I want you to speak to me. Folks, sometimes friends can give us good advice, and there's some things maybe the Lord can even use them to say. But you know what? I also need to compare it with God's word. I'll tell you one time that I told you guys I was roofing. And when I was roofing, I was up on a roof one day, and, and I had gotten to the point where, again, I was fighting what God wanted with me for my life. I was, I was you know, more worried about being in business than doing God's will. Anyhow, I was up on a roof with my boss, man. And my, my boss, he was not a very godly man. Let's put it that way. You know, he was the guy that ran the company for, for roofing. And, and I was up on the peak of this roof. It's a two-story roof. And, boy, we were up there on the top. And, and we were up there, and we were, we were, we were putting on the, the tar paper, and uh, if you know anything about tar paper, if you're on the peak, you know, if you stand above where your nails are, you'll push that stuff down. It'll wrinkle, and you'll slide off the roof. And sure enough, I was on the peak of this roof, and I stepped on that that piece where the paper tore, and when it tore, it was the avalanche effect. You know, I, it slid out from under me, and I just fell down on my belly, and I'm like, you know, hugging on to the very, the very peak of this roof. And my boss, man, he's just standing there, and he's looking down at me like this. And, you know, just kind of towering over me thinking, "Dummy, you know, what, what are you doing? And the thing is, this guy, he was a guy that he believed in the Lord, and he knew enough about the Bible to know what was right and what was wrong, and, and I think he even had a sneaky suspicion that I shouldn't have been up there. He looked at me, and he says, man, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, I slid, you know, I, I fell. He says, no, what are you doing on my roof? You're going to get up here, you're going to mess around and get involved in something you shouldn't get involved in. You're going to get your hands dirty, you're never going to do anything good for God. And I was thinking, okay, you know, yes sir, I'm, I'm looking down, holding on, on this roof, and, and here he is giving me this counsel that I ought to be doing something different. And the thing was, I thought about it and I thought, man, he's right. Because it wasn't that he was just throwing at me some kind of advice. I actually compared that against what God had been telling me and what the Bible had been telling me. And I saw that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Folks, for number three, when we handle the hard times, you're going to have people give you advice. Compare that advice against God's word. Don't just take it. Don't just listen to what other people say. And furthermore, don't just ignore it. But listen to it and compare it to God's word. And folks, lastly, I want us to do this. This will be a very short one and we'll be finished up. Look at the very last chapter in the book. The very last chapter in the book, all the way back in chapter number 42. Chapter number 42. Look at verse number 12. Job chapter 42, verse number 12. We skipped a lot, but this whole book is about his story. The Bible says in chapter number 42, verse 12, So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job More than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, and 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she asses, and he had also seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of them first, Jemima, and the name of the second, Keziah, and the name of the third, Karen Hapuch. I guess I'm saying that right. And in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. Man, if a guy was looking for a pretty girl, he was going to go find a daughter of Job. Man, she was one of those. And their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. And after this, lived Job 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons and even four generations. So Job died, being old and full of days. Folks, can I tell you something about your hard times? One, we said first, know where they come from. And then number two, when you're looking at the hard times, you keep your focus on the Lord. Don't don't blame God. Don't turn away from God. Keep your focus on God. Let Him guide you through it. We said make sure you're going to listen to good counsel. Don't just listen to what everyone says. Hey, compare that with the Lord. But lastly, I want to encourage you with this thought. Whatever hard time you're in, it will come to an end. I can promise you, whatever hard time you're in, it will come to an end. To an end you might not see that end in this lifetime but it will come to an end you know most of the time when we have storms of life they you know they kind of come they kind of go your life is kind of up and down you have good times you have bad times and if we stick it out with the lord in those bad times we'll be able to look back and say god thank you for carrying me through that man i see what you did in my life i see how you brought me here man i I see how you carried me through that storm. We can look back and we can thank God for that. Folks, your trial will come to an end. Job, the Bible says he ended up with more than he even had in the first place. God blessed him because he stayed true to the Lord. He didn't sin. He kept his eyes focused on God. Folks, that's the whole point of what I want us to see today. When the hard times hit, stay focused on God. Don't, don't look at just where I am right now. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm here in this ditch. I'm on the side of the road without any gas. You know, Here's where I am. I'm going to sink down in it and just get depressed. No. Realize at some point you're going to get out of the ditch. I can promise you. Things are going to get better. The Lord can continue to bless if you'll keep your eyes on Him through it. Folks, that's our main goal is to keep our eyes on Him through it. And you know, while maybe we might not find the trial over here, One day, our time here on earth is going to be done. And then we're going to be with the Lord. And all trials will be over forever. You know, I look forward to that day. I mean, I can be in heaven with the Lord and I don't have to deal with this body to get sick anymore. And then I don't have to deal with the trials of sin anymore. I don't have to deal with the trials and and the the temptation from Satan anymore. Oh, that's going to be gone. And boy, I can be with the Lord. Folks, it's coming to an end. And with that in mind... Keep your eyes focused on the goal. I mean, the Bible talks so much about a runner. You know, he's running a race. And when you're in the midst of a race, you're running, you're sweating, you've got the sweat in your eyes, and it burns, and you're getting tired, your lungs are on fire. It hurts. Keep your eyes on what's ahead of you. Realize that there is an end. There is a goal. And there's a prize to be won. So when that hard time hits, then just keep your eyes on the Lord. So, folks, how do we handle the hard times? That was simply it right there, our four tips. Know where it comes from. Keep your eyes on the Lord. And listen to good counsel. And remember, it's coming to an end. It will come to an end. So stay faithful until we get to the end. So if we could, let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. Our Father, we love you and we thank you so much for what you've showed us out of your word this morning. Lord, I realize that every single one of us here, we've faced trials Lord, there could be some here that are currently facing trials. If they're not, they may be going into a trial. Lord, we are going to face hard times, but I pray that through it, you would help us to be like Job, to to use them to our advantage, to, to continue to worship you and to keep our eyes focused on you. Lord, we love you. Folks, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we just want to say that this is our time where we invite you to do business with the Lord. Uh, folks, is there some kind of trial that you're facing that you need God's help with? Let him carry you through those trials. Keep your eyes focused on the light. Don't get distracted by the storm. It, it'll knock you off course easily. Folks, if you're in that storm, I ask you to do what Job did. Don't blame God worship God. Let him hold your hand as you walk through that trial of life and remember, it's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. Maybe you don't see where, you might not see how, but it's coming. Stay faithful to the end.